This is Murray Yates welcoming you today to Mission Breakthrough. To life with a capital L. Today we are continuing our, our look at Romans and we are looking at Romans chapter 2 verses 8 to 9 for a starter today. And then what we will do, having looked at Romans, we will also go and, and, and hear one or two messages from Smith Wigglesworth and his demo, devotional. So <clears throat> many, many years ago, One man writes, I was an assistant pastor in France and the pastor of the church was a spiritual leader of the country at that time. He was a godly spiritual man. And then I departed to another country. But the man fell into sin. There lapsed a period of about three to four years, at which time God lifted the lid and everything was uncovered. His wife repented because she, to a certain extent, had sent him in that direction by her attitudes. Although um, I'm not condoning him, his discipline required that he leave the larger church and return to the church he had pastored when I was the assistant pastor there with him. This this is what the gentleman who who wrote this book said. He had to sit in the congregation and he did so for a certain time. But unlike King David, however, he never got back to, back to God. And this is a problem. And in, in Romans, we find a lot of people who come under the wrath of God. Why? Because they have either... They have departed from what they have known and and refused to repent and not come back. Of course, some just outwardly have challenged God and said, no, they want nothing to do with him. And and even if he was even if he is in existence at least this is what they think they have never met him personally for for them for themselves however um this this pastor he never touched god instead he committed suicide and when i was passing through that town many years later this is a writer of this book i saw him there i saw his dispar- dis- departed spirit here 
Those who commit suicide do not get away from the scene of their crime. Suicide is never an out. They often have to remain there for a a period of years. Now, I had personal friends who had fallen into adultery. These situations have been very close to me at times, writes the author of this book. It is such a heartache. I have seen these tragedies, therefore I want everyone to avoid this temptation. But you see, in Romans, they were going in Romans chapter 2, men and women were going down the, the wrong road. And in Romans chapter 2 verse 10, it goes on to say, But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. What wonderful peace God gives to those who work righteousness. Glory envelopes the righteous, and God lifts them up on high with honor. For in chapter 2, verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. There is no respect of persons for those who walk in sin. The ministry does not save us, nor does a position. Even being a Christian does not save us. Continuing to walk in the light is what saves us, going by the light of God's word. For as many as... For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law, whether pagan or Christian, both will perish if unrepentant. <coughs> let, let us go on, though, to chapter 2, verses 14 15. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. This is what Paul is writing. Which show the the work of the law written in their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness. Not every nation knows the laws of God, but everyone has a conscience. Most people cannot recite the Ten Commandments, but in their heart they know them. Every man knows the law. Why? Because they have a conscience that tells them right and wrong. Everyone knows that killing, stealing, lying and committing adultery are wrong. But people without the law, without the scriptures, who live by the law of their conscience and do those things commanded by the law will be more justified than those who know the law. That is the light that the scriptures have. And this is not to say that living by the law of conscience can save anyone. Paul is simply saying that man will be judged according to the amount of the light he has had. And those who have the light but disobey the light will have greater judgment than those who live by the law. In um, Romans chapter 2 verse 16, it goes on to speak about the um, how, how God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to to his gospel. 
and God will judge every one of us and we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And if you have ever seen the Lord, you know that his eyes look right through you. Well, I haven't seen the Lord, so I don't know that. But there is um, apparently some people have had visions of him. Behold, thou art called a Jew and re- retest um, in the law, and you make the, your boast of God, and you know his will, and approve the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. The Apostle Paul is pointing to the Jewish people here, and he's saying, you think yourself really better than other people. But the Apostle Paul is now dealing with the Jews. There are many Jews in the church in Rome where Paul was uh, writing this from. They were teachers who affirmed that the law was right. They were confident that they were uh, guides to the blind and a light to them which sat in darkness, an an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. And here they were, teachers, guides, instructors, knowing the truth, teaching others the truth, but not practicing it. We have to be careful, don't we, that we continue to practice what um, what we've learned from the Word of God. <clears throat> when you ask many people what is right, they will tell you what is right. But when you further inquire of them, if they are practicing what they know is right, they tell you they are an exception and that God understands. This is, this is just another way of getting out of um, something that they know is wrong. This is a far more common um, thing than you might think. I believe we should be real in our own home and... I believe that we should be genuine and our home should be a place of peace and a place of righteousness. We should flow with our husband or wife. We should have the presence of God and speak to each other and act towards each other as if we were in church. This is not supposed to be a a show or or a pretense. It It should be a way of life. Yet, as the writer of this book, Reads, yet when I go to so many places and observe many pastors and their wives, they are, they are one thing in church and another thing in their own homes. There is contention, dissension, and everything else which is not right. However, we must realize that God will not allow this to remain. <coughs> in, um, <coughs> in Romans 2, verse 24, at the um, Paul is speaking about the fact that the na- that the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. The fall of a prominent minister brings down tens of thousands of people. When a pastor falls, many hear about it. And when David fell, it caused the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. When one of the televangelists fell, I knew a woman who gave up on the church. She said, I just cannot go on now after seeing such hypocrisy. 
She was wrong, of course. The one who fell was wrong. But I will tell you this, it is amazing what happens. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. God's name is blasphemed everywhere, and the fallout is tremendous because of the hypocrisy. But the... But if you go on to um, Romans 2.26, it talks also about the fact that the, the uncircumcision keep the righteousness and, uh, and Paul is praising them. And he, he is saying that although these people are, um, are, not, are not Jews, they are, they are right they are willing to learn the law learn and just act out righteousness in their own way and and these people of course would have come and they would have read the bible and they too have found that Jesus Christ is living and real and they too have found that he loved that Jesus loves them and that they are willing to follow him <clears throat> but sticking to the scriptures here in Romans 2:28 to 29 um, Paul Paul is going uh, Paul is looking at a Jew and he is asking um, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly neither neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh but he is a Jew which is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit and not in the letter whose practice is not of men but of God and we we were um, we can see here that you don't have to be a Jew you can you can um, learn you can come to know the scriptures you can you can be looked upon as a as a very good person why not because because you have come to know Jesus Christ personally for yourself and he is guiding you the um, it is with the power that the that God gives to men and women who have come to and found that he is living and real. They are the, they are the people who will stand. They are the people who find this new power that the Holy Spirit can give to men and women. And when we were in New Zealand, the author writes, several years ago, we were awakened by two angels standing at the foot of our bed at three o'clock in the morning. One was very tall and held a sword in his right hand, at the end of which was the word circumcision. The other, a, a smaller angel, had written on a sash, worn over his shoulder and across the breast, these words, the enforcer. Now... <clears throat> These people, of course, were having a vision. And the angels did not speak, but the Holy Spirit spoke into my heart, writes the author of this book that I'm referring to. I have come to circumcise my people. Those who allow me to do so shall enter into my further blessings. But those who refuse to allow me to separate them from their sins, to them I will send the other angel who will enforce my will. 
And uh, the following morning, I spoke of this that experience in the context of David and Bathsheba, and one could have heard a pin drop. Hundreds came forth to consecrate their lives afresh to God, bearing their hearts before him and asking him to circumcise their hearts, yet some did not. One only days later, God began to move in judgment. A notable Christian who was relatively young and healthy fell over dead. Another whom we had often warned concerning the proximity uh, to talk too much was capulated off his bike into the air. He landed upon all parts of his antimony, his mouth. The enforcer had made his point. However, <clears throat> what advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there in circumcision? And we have come to a chapter 3, but we are still in part 1, the wrath of God. And what I was what we are wanting to see, this is more this is what is found in Romans um, chapter uh, chapter 1 and chapter 3. Two and three. Now we are going to move on now because we are wanting to. Um, we are, we have had our fill of the wrath of God. I feel, and we are going into the righteousness of God. And I'm just going to start here today because we have some some other things to look at too. In. Um, in Romans three twenty one, we come, we have come out, as it were, out from the from what they were talking about in regard to the sinful and lost world. But Paul was seeking to prove that that all have sinned. He repeats that in verse twenty three: "For all have done wrong and come short of the glory of God. Everyone, Jew or Gentile, needs a saviour." And of course, that Saviour is Jesus Christ, and that is who we can come to and turn to. And in Romans three twenty one, it talks. But now the righteousness of God, without the law, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. And God's righteousness is revealed, but not through the law. Yet it was foretold in the law and in the prophets. What of course is that they're getting at here is that um, that Jesus came and he was born as a baby, he grew up and at the age of 33 he he finally went to the cross where he not only died for you and for me but he rose again and 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 why he rose again and many people saw the empty cross they, it was because he was taking the punishment for your sin and for mine so that, so that you could be forgiven for everything that you've done wrong. Jesus, who, who never sinned at all, God in human form, came down because he loved you and me and he was will, willing to die for uh, for um, you and me. And that really is the gospel because when when you do sin and when we come come to the Lord to be, to ask for forgiveness, 
he it was because of Jesus's blood that was shed for you and for me that is why we can be forgiven past present and future and what an amazing thing it is to be able to make contact with the Lord once we have invited him into our lives <coughs> the <coughs> But um, <clears throat> there is another thing too, which um, in chap in Romans three twenty two it talks about the righteousness of God, which is by faith, but by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, for there is no one difference. The righteousness that Paul is going to explain is by the faith of Jesus Christ. This makes this is made very clear by Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. And how true it is. We we live from day to day to day having invited Christ into our lives. We find that he in finding that he is living and real and as we we live by by God's word, by what God's words um, uh, has to say, and in, um, for instance, I'm going to move to uh, to one or two other things that I brought with me today, and this these particular readings now are written by a man called Smith Wigglesworth. He had a wonderful gift of of. Um, of healing, and he came to New Zealand one time in the in um, the Basin Reserve, I believe it was, or Athletics Park, Athletics Park, and there he there he preached, and many hundreds of people came, and they were they not only came to know the Lord, but they were healed um, just there and then on the spot, and. We uh, here is here is just two or three things that that he has mentioned. For instance, he was speaking from First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verses one to twenty-five. You are not to consider under any circumstances that because you have a spiritual gift, it is right for you to use that gift, unless the unction of the Spirit of God is upon you. Unless you adhere to this word, every assembly where you are will be broken up and you will cause trouble until you come to a right understanding of the scriptures. You will never be pleasing to God. You have to be very careful that you never use tongues and interpretation and and confusion with prophecy. When prophecy is going forth and and the truth is being heard and all the people are receiving it with joy and are being built up, then there is no room for tongues or interpretation. But just at the time when the language in my heart seems too big to express, then tongues uh, come forth and God loses the whole thing and we get a new purpose in that. So... You see, so you who have this wonderful gift of tongues must see to it that you never break in where the Spirit is having a perfect right of way. 
God wants everything to be in perfect order by the Spirit. That is why Paul said, If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three at at the most. You will never find me speaking if three have spoken before me, and you will never find me interpreting any word in tongues if three have spoken already. This is what... um, Smith Wigglesworth uh, wrote unless you come to the word of God you will be in confusion and you will be in judgment God does not want you to be in confusion or in judgment but he wants you to be built up by the scriptures for the scriptures are clear this is Murray Yates for this month thank you very much (laughs) 